Hello, good day, and welcome to episode one of the new Freshly Squeezed Ideas podcast. Uh, today, we're in Tottenham, this, having a coffee with... Carl uh, Pittman. Carl Pittman, yeah. <laughs> Self-introduction there, that's great. <laughs> so, uh, Carl's welcome. Um, we've been waiting for this for a long time, Yeah. Uh, for us to get together and do this. This is great. Um, just to let you know, we've had a session on our own, and... Uh, Hopefully, and I think we've really gelled together. Yeah, it has. It's we been have. a good job. Yeah, good. it good has. Meeting of the minds. Absolutely. So, basically, today what we're going to talk about, we're going to introduce you into Carl, get you to know a little bit more about who Carl is and what he does. Um, Carl is, is well-known in the Cardiff area, in the hospitality sector, yeah. um, and he's well-liked, I must add. So, um, so it's, it's not all uh, a bad thing. <laughs> Not doom and gloom. Not doom and gloom at all. Um, so, Carl Pittman, um, you're halfway to your century. Yeah, nearly there. Nearly, nearly to there. your century, yeah. 44 in May. 44, yeah. Coming up, yeah? Yeah. Looking Very forward soon. to that? I am. Yeah. A boring birthday on a Monday. Uh, <laughs> I, I looked at, I looked at when, when it was, I was thinking, oh, it's not far away, and, and hoping it was on a weekend, but it's not. It's a Monday. So, it'll be one of those... Semi-boring birthdays that we all have each year, so cool. from time to time. I'm just looking at your um, one of your middle names, and uh, I'm afraid to pronounce it. It's like saying my surname, really. Is it one of those? So you you say, get it for, wrong? say your surname because I'm, I'm in my trouble. surname. Yeah. <laughs> my well, my surname is officially Fakir. Fakir, yeah. But so I've tell been... me all the connotations that you've had. Oh, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but there's there's a well-known story that I spread around that. Um, in the old harvester days when they, they used to have tannoys yeah, yeah. You know, and call you to your table. And um, you can, even you can you can bleep out the, the expletives. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll let the audience imagine what it was. But, um, you know, and it was when I was trying to impress a young lady that night, one of those nights. Mm. And uh, it was heaving. This harvester was heaving. In, you know, you know. I, I know how to treat a girl as well. Take me to a harvester. <laughs> but it came over the top. We, we'd missed us. Mm, come and get it. And it was like they turned the volume up to 11 as well. All right. And the waitress didn't even realize a mistake either because she said it twice. Right. So everybody in the place is like meerkats. They're all upright. Who is this person? You know, who's got a name like this? <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so that was my dining out experience. Oh, never mind. No, t- uh, my, my it's a Maori name. Uh, my middle name is Tiakiwai. That's um, my father's uh, uh, name. Uh, it's his first name. So my full name was Carl Tiakiwai James Pittman. Uh, but yeah, Tiakiwai is uh, the name of our tribe from New Zealand. It's a sub tribe uh, name. So. Uh, and like I said, it's my dad's first name. So his name's Tiakiwai Carl James Pittman. And mine is Carl Tiakiwai James Pittman. But it means it's it's the keeper of water. It's like a describes a vessel that you hold water in. Cool. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, dad's the chief of the tribe. I'm the only child. So I'm when he passes on to the netherworld, I'll be the next chief after him. So yeah, lovely. Uh, it's a lovely thing to have um, that kind of heritage and history. Um, uh, you know, <clears throat> and it's something that 
I know I've got responsibilities later on in life uh, to to deal with the trust and and the uh, the sort of ongoing responsibilities that you have of being a Maori chief. I don't know what they are fully yet, but you know it's something that my dad's got to sit down with me and go through of what those responsibilities are. But I think it's more um, from a land and, and a trust perspective. Yeah. What you know looking after the family if if there's any um <clears throat> sort of responsibilities you have in terms of like you might be an application by a family member to, for some support to get through university or whatever so i think my role further down the line will come in in helping facilitate that and looking at how we can utilize the the trust to help the family if that makes sense. Would you have to relocate or is that something you could sort of travel uh, back and forth? That, ideally. Administering I'm, that? Yeah, responsibility. I, yeah, I don't know whether I'd, I'd, I'd prefer to follow the seasons and then have the, the winter over there, which is, um, sorry, our winter, their summer, um, and then come back again for our summer, which would be their winter. Uh, the advantage with New Zealand is its weather's are so well, de- its seasons are rather so well defined that you can you can guarantee that you, you're going to have a good summer and you know you're going to have a rubbish winter, but you just deal with it and expect it. Whereas our in the UK, our seasons have blurred into a whole mishmash of hail, winter, snow, rain, and sun in the same day like I experienced on uh, at the book watching the boys playing rugby yesterday so on Sunday rather so um but I think it'll be more what I anticipate is more of a you know go over for the for their summer whatever whatever meetings need to be had and deal with them and then and, and is there some sort of induction or investiture that you would probably be inducted to be a, a Maori chief um I assume there is, you know, it's more waiting on my dad to, to have that chat with me, mm-hmm. really. I, 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 thought, I suppose traditionally there is some kind of initiation and whether I'm hung from the rafters by my toes or something <laughs> or beaten with a stick, I don't know, to see, test my pain threshold for what responsibilities like I had, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I think it might be a bit more formal and just that that understanding and knowledge when I repeat my family history, which is called, that process is called reciting your whakapapa. Uh, so it's basically reciting your family genealogy. Yeah. So knowing that, you know, as, as far back as I can go or whatever the script is to back to then, my dad is my father and I'm the firstborn. And then I'm now the chief. So it's sort of that you've got to be able to recite your whakapapa, which, you know, I've got it written down on paper and it just goes on and on and on. So, you know, which is great in terms of understanding that your family history can be traced right back to uh, the Treaty of Waitangi, which is where all the the original Maori chiefs signed um, an agreement with the British government you know, for land rights and what what should be theirs and what, you know, when, when the British came over to New Zealand. So you've got to be able to sort of confidently recite it all the way back to that treaty. Wow, so, that's yeah. really interesting. Yeah. yeah. We, we've never discussed this. This is really interesting. Yeah. 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 Is, uh, so, I, I mean, um, 
it's one of those uh, being respectful for my to my dad that you you know the kind of the kind of upbringing he's had was a tough one, a very tough one from from hearing my dad talk about it. So, um, like a lot of father son relationships, you uh, that mine mine has certainly grown since I've and become stronger with my dad since I've left home and sort of evolved into a man and. Uh, and, and talk man to man, whereas you know he had a tough upbringing as a as a child. So um, you know, there's no pressure on my part from how I uh, sort of probe my dad for information about you know these all these responsibilities. It's one of those situations where it will come when it's ready, mm-hmm. and and I'll talk to him when when the time is right. Um, and don't get me wrong, I also anticipate that, you know, I might have to do a lot of digging on my own, but that's just part of the journey. Sometimes you you gain more knowledge from dig, digging and, and, and self-learning than you do from trying to get it off people. Um, but, yeah, it's um, the, to describe our Maori heritage, it's very much a case of um, uh, pride and uh, love for a very passionate group of people that, you know, have got this sort of very innate DNA embedded fighting spirit in them. Uh, you know, and I certainly think that coming from my mum and dad, I've got a, a really sort of unique mix of a uh, probably gentle giant syndrome, if that makes sense, uh, or, or personality trait where I turn on the the fighting spirit when I need to, when I have to, and and just let my presence talk. I think that's absolutely true. No, you're not wrong. I think I, I find that a lot from um, you know we're both as we've discussed before multicultural backgrounds, mm. um, mixed race as other people call it, um, and that inherent um, patient warrior. I mm. think is the. Yeah, yeah. That we've got instilled in us, uh, and there was a there was a Facebook um, question from somebody the other day, and they asked the question: Did we have a better childhood in the fifties than the two thousands? And there there were, there were a variety of answers, and they they all ranged from yes, we were better off when we were children. You know, we had more freedom, uh, and I sort of disagreed with that sentiment because. We're in the you know it's 2019. We're in a totally different world. We're in a world of mass communication. We're in a world of more opportunities than probably you and I. Where they were probably there, but yeah. they weren't in our periphery. We didn't notice them because we were probably wrapped up in in a, in a different world mm-hmm. than we are now. Uh, and I think our children and my grandchildren will have a better childhood growing up through learning and, and, and through what's, a, what, you know, what's available. Do you, not, do you not think there's a cost though, to that? Yeah, if you say that you think you, oh, you see your grandchildren are going to have a better better time of learning, I think the only challenge I would have is that, you know, I think it's a, it certainly is a, uh, a young boy or a teenager, 
not been in that information age as we are now um, reduces the ability to dream and to daydream and to because the information's there so instantaneously. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, it's a nanosecond. You know, I, I learned last week. You know, we've got forty-one milliseconds to make an impression on somebody. Really. And some psychologists have worked that out. Someone, someone's worked that out. Mm. It, that's how quick it happens because of the, the amount of information that's out there. Mm. And uh, th that is frightening. It, it is, you know. Yeah. And yeah, are, are we going to, are they, uh, not we, but are they going to learn, learn or lose the art of conversation, dialogue? Um, you know, how are we? Going to evolve? Are we, are we going to evolve with a, a third appendage that the phone is attached to that yeah, appendage, yeah. so we can use our hands with our knives and forks? And yeah, whilst yeah. that appendage is talking on the phone, who knows? You know what, what the world is going to be like when we're long gone. Yeah, um, I'm sort of excited at the same time, and I wish that I could see, uh, you know, like anybody, I suppose, I'd live for another two or three hundred years to see what those developments are like, just because I'm so intrigued to see how it will advance, but. I think there'll always be some cost element that will slowly be forgotten about because there's, there's a new form of technology that, that um, rightly or wrongly captivates people's minds and, and, and facilitates an even faster form of communication or information that, that means you, you reduces the ability to investigate or dig or delve using, I don't know, Sticks, or you know, <laughs> or you know, building a base, yeah, absolutely, and not having a YouTube tutorial <laughs> to hand to, to, yeah. to build that base yeah. out of a couple of pallets you find on some wasteland or something, you know. So, and yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely true. I, I get all that, and you know, and, and I think people in my age group rely a lot on nostalgia as well. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what I'm seeing, and um, you know, I, I'm been all for learning um, and you know and, and something you are as well you know you know personal development is is very high on your agenda isn't it yeah massive massive I um, for, for years before I got into listening to audiobooks you'd be I'd be sort of noticed this one book on the shelves of called Rich Dad Poor Dad and I was always thinking to myself I should read that one point, read that book uh, and then I uh, changed jobs uh, and was got a job at running the walkabout in Swansea and realised I was going to have probably about an hour, 40 minute, uh, an hour to uh, 40 minutes to an hour commute to work uh, twice a day and thought, well, you know, I'm getting sick of listening to the radio and what can I do to be more effective, use my time more effectively or that drive more effectively. So, uh, I got Audible on my iPhone, and then my first ever book I listened to was Rich Dad Poor Dad, um, and it was life changing in so many ways. It helped me get a mentor. It um, helped me get into property. Helped me understand the concept of passive income and multiple streams of income. So, um, probably on about. It must be about fifty plus audiobooks that I've I've consumed now over the over the past say four years, and then tweaked how I listen to them. So to try and um, consume even more books, I 
I increase the playback speed of the books. So from normal speed, I'll increase it to one and a half times speed or two times speed or fit somewhere in the middle, depending on how quickly the author is speaking. Uh, yeah, so Rich Dad Poor Dad, Think and Grow Rich, uh, Personal Power 2, Returning Robbins. So your more traditional books and then into more niche audio books like Oversubscribed, um, the list goes on. Just I'm, I'm, I'd love listening to audiobooks and then into now sort of mixing them up with listening to podcasts as well. So, can we yeah. just talk about Napoleon Hill for a second? Yeah, because yeah. um, Napoleon Hill is quoted very often as the Bible of personal development. Do you think his teachings, whether we call them teachings or not? Are relevant today or do you think they, they should be adapted to today's environment or do they still hold they i think they still hold um it gives you uh not, not to belittle the book at all because it's so powerful what it gave me uh was the understanding of affirmations and a, a, a great initial insight into the power of goal setting. And I know, uh, you know, people I've spoke to that don't like the words goal setting, this, that, and the other, but however you word it, it gives you the, the framework to start to um, utilize goal setting and also then the power of repeating affirmations and record, writing them down, saying them at the start of the day when you wake up reading your affirmations out loud, you know, in bed before you go to sleep. And that whole concept of utilizing the universe or God to whatever you're into to help progress your life by using positively written out scripture, a sentence, a paragraph, a word, the power of I am, those two words. So for me, it's it's whenever I get asked for uh, a list of audio books to start somebody off that's getting into personal development, I always pick Rich Dad Poor Dad, uh, and then Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, and uh, and then Personal Power Two with Tony Robbins because I found yeah those are the first ones that I read, but I certainly think from a mindset perspective. Uh, and goal setting and affirmation and just the whole start of process of um, mindset, Thinking Grow Rich is one of the best books to start off with. So even I think if, as old as that book is, in another hundred years time, it'll still be relevant because it starts, it's a great book to start you on your personal development journey absolutely and you know for the listeners listening if, you, if you've never read uh, think and grow rich by napoleon hill it was actually written in 1926 that's right yeah. yeah 1926 and you know the, the teachings in there are still relevant today um do you feel the same do you, what, what's your thoughts on it? i do i do feel the same uh, on think and grow rich it's written for the time that it was set in mm. Uh, and it's up to us to adapt it to our current place and time we're in. But, yeah, they're all relevant. You know, the, the people he talks about were successful. Dale Carnegie, mm. 
Um, you know, I've been on Dale Carnegie courses myself, and um, especially the customer service ones that he, he wrote. And yeah, they work. They, yeah. Uh, that, so uh, it's only a couple of years ago that I read Thinking Grow. Uh, sorry, um, How to Win Win Friends and Influence People, and there was a there was a page that brought me to tears because of um, it refers to a. It's almost like one one of the chapters. It refers to a a letter that I think he was the author. I'm not entirely sure that a father wrote to his son about their relationship and how important his son is to him. And it was one of those. Although we don't talk much, although we don't engage much, <laughs> yeah. I love you unconditionally. I think about you all the time. I care for you. I'll always be here for you. And I just thought it was such a wonderful passage that um, I think I was on the treadmill or something in the gym, and I was thinking, or you know, I was on the way to the gym. I was thinking, oh my god, this is still so relevant to this day for such an old book. Again, um, so I think you're right that you you. For the times that it was written, it's just about the messages and adapting it and understanding why it was written at the time, but how things, if you allow the book just to consume you, can, can are still relevant to this day, without a doubt. And there's a passage, I'm talking about the Dale Carnegie passage, there, there's another recent one in the, the book, The E-Myth, if you've come across that one. I have, I've started to read that. Um, there's yeah. a passage in there, and... It is, it, he asks you to describe who you are, and the the way he describes it is: imagine you're at the biggest occasion of your life, mm. and the most important audience are in the room. He asks you to picture this, and there's your friends, your family, the people who've been close to you, the most important to you. Um, so imagine you're in the room; that the room is bathed in golden light. There's gold drapes, so he describes the room. There's a table at the head of the room, and on the table there's candles, and there's a very ornate box on the table. And you're going on to where it's actually you're you're talking about your your dead self or something. Absolutely, yeah, that you're in the box. And, uh, And over the audio, over the speakers, you're talking about how your life has been, what you've done through your life. That's that your one moment in time to talk about your life. Mm. And he asks you to work backwards on that now to now. So t- take that moment and change your life now. Do the best you can. Do what you can. Do the things you want to. And, I, and write, write that script. Yeah. Well, I use that. I've used that quite a few times to um, in sort of managers' meetings if we feel that we're going off piste a bit with how the business is, is going or running. Uh, I use it as a tool to get the team to recite back what everything everything that's good about that business, as if it's now closed mm-hmm. or it's not trading anymore or whatever. So I use that very same exercise to formulate the vision statement or mission statement for that particular business, and it's such a powerful way of sort of helping you as a business owner get back on point with, with it or if it's a new business describing them what the vision and values are so it's those those books are, are, 
are a great resource to help in that respect. Yeah. Cool. And you talk about goals and goal setting. Um, uh, I, I know that's something you, you're very fond of and feel strongly about as a, yeah. a desirable attribute in people. Yeah, yeah. Um, about your own goals? Well, um, I used um, Tony Robbins' personal power to chapter. Uh, I think it's chapter 11, might be wrong, on. He did a goal setting, he does a goal setting workshop. So the first time I ever wrote down my goals was I was in Stoke-on-Trent, I was at my mum and dad's house and it's only an hour's chapter or an hour long but I played it back and back and forth, back and forth and I did my goal setting exercise for the first time. It took me about four and a half hours to complete and it was one of the most riveting experiences and certainly from what happened afterwards um, was one of the most the best example of I can give of how much I progressed in such a short space of time and um, you know sort of got into property got a mentor um, increased the property portfolio quickly over a short space of time was very driven so driven I've never been so driven all my life um, this was about five years ago I think probably a bit longer and uh, and, and slowly over the years just enhanced it and, and tweaked the whole exercise of goal setting to be very very detailed and time driven use you know power of words so I am I have, I earn, I don't use I will or I shall. It's got to be almost like you've completed the goal by the time you've written it you've, and how you word it, it's almost like the goal's already been achieved. Then the actual goal then tweaked it to the point where not just at the end of 2019 or whatever year it is I've done this, but the day, the date, the month, so the day of the week, what day of that week is it uh, to the date itself so I earn £10,000 a month from my property business by Tuesday the 31st of December 2019 so it's to that extreme detail um, and yeah I've sort of for me it's all the challenge I have now is being as expletively detailed and powerful as I, as I can be to help drive and push me. So, you know, things like my first round of goals, it was get to get certain amount of properties within a certain time. I did it to have a virtual assistant. I did it and I got a virtual assistant for a year to have them a personal trainer. I got a personal trainer. Lost a load of weight, became a lot more bulked out, um, uh, and, and then got into weightlifting and, and weight training, which I, you know, still love. So just everything, I was just doing it. I was just achieving it. Cool, that's fantastic. So just to let you know, we're freshly squeezed ideas. We're today we're in the studio with uh, Mr. Carl Pittman. Pittman. Yeah. Pittman. Sorry, I'll get my tongue in. Um, and 
if the listeners didn't realise, um, is eventually going to be a Maori chief, <laughs> which is fantastic. But great, great goal setting stuff and great, great messages Carl has given us so far. Uh, Carl, can I ask you if, um, about your family life? Yeah, you love your family, don't you? Yeah. Um, I put a lot on Facebook, and it's not – I know people hate hate it all with, with sort of – you know, it's almost – I get the feeling that some people think that you people use Facebook to show showboat my family, but it's more ab- – well, I know it absolutely for me is just to, just to record um, experiences and milestones for my children to see after I've gone and mm. – uh, I've got four children. Uh, I've got Miri, who's uh, 19. Uh, I've got uh, Kai, who's 14. Uh, Vidian, who's 13. And then Amber, who's nine. So two boys, two girls, and they keep me extremely busy. Extremely busy. <laughs> As they do. Yeah. Um, do, do you want to say what you're, you're doing these days? Uh, yeah, so um, I'm a manager and business owner of uh, 10 feet tall uh, which is a multi sort of business uh, in the hospitality industry so it's a cocktail bar and it's also got an underground sort of ravey style club and then there's another room that's a party room that we tend to get a lot of corporate bookings and birthday parties that we put into um, and I've been in hospitality over for over 20 years now, running various bars and clubs. Yeah. Cool. We're going to pause it there. Um, we're going to go into part two in a couple of seconds. So look, come over and look for us at part two. So we're with listening to Freshly Squeezed Media from Freshly Squeezed Ideas, and you're having a coffee with Carl Pittman, and we're just talking about his current his life and his, his current career um, where he's working for 10 Feet Tall in Cardiff. Uh, and if some of you are aware, obviously it's a, a venue uh, and Carl was just extolling the virtues of, of what he's doing there. If you'd like to carry on with that, Carl. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I've been running the bar for a year, uh, nearly a year now. Um, uh, it's, a, it's a very... Uh, brilliant dynamic business that's that caters for a lot of needs um it's one of the smaller venues that i've run i've run sort of super clubs up to two and a half thousand capacity to very corporate led branded bars uh to independence uh food led operations uh, nightclubs uh party venues so quite a quite a broad depth of experience in the hospitality industry and it's um i think it's safe to say i'm sort of on the probably the last third or quarter of my life in the industry and you know been a manager running bars a manager of clubs since 19 years old and 43 now and i think um in may yeah and and i think it's yeah, yeah, I feel old. Um, <laughs> I, even up until a couple of years ago, I thought I'd done everything that there was to do in the industry, but um, I've certainly found this past, say, five years or so that uh, I'm still learning, which is a great a great motivator to keep you in the industry. I think it's more 
like anything, when you have a family, it's finding that balance because the hospitality industry can consume you. And it's very much a young person's job and you have to, certainly you get into your 30s and 40s and you have a family and other needs and responsibilities. It's looking at what what can you do to stay current and stay within the industry as, and, and I, without doubt, certainly evolved to, as much as I'm a lover of hip hop and dance music and, you know, I'm all of the public enemy rap days and the Snoop Dogs and the Prodigy and the dancing, you know, I love, I love all the, all the sort of newer stuff, but I'm, I don't go out as much as I used to. And it's very much a case of utilizing those experts, those younger people and relying on their knowledge and experience to, you know, to be, you know, advising me on what we should do. Uh, and I've, I've evolved to that sort of level now. And there are trends as well, isn't it? You know, especially in the hospitality industry, there are trends where people my age, um, and here's an example, um, I had a guitar tutor 10 years ago. Um, you, you know, music is a huge part of my life as well. And I went on that nostalgia route with him. We were, we were chatting and he's much younger than I am. And we go, did you see Top of the Pops last night? You know, I did the Mr. Angry bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Top of the Pops is not what it used to be. You know, it's all that music. And, you know, I, I did, you know, you begin to sound like your father. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, and he looked at me with this and he said, well, what don't you like about it? And I said, the music, I just don't get it. And when the next sentence he said to me was, I thought, well, of course it is. Because it wasn't, I'm not trendy. Top of the Pops wasn't written for me, my age. It wasn't, yeah. it was, it's now written for another age group. Uh, and I think that's what you're seeing right now in, in where you work in the hospitality trade. Yeah. You know, to stay in tune, so to speak, to excuse a pun, you have to move with that trend. To, to stay alive in that yeah. industry, don't you? Yeah, 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 uh, without a doubt. But then if you look at my 13-year-old son's Spotify playlist, he's literally got uh, Snoop Dogg on there, Public Enemy. He's got a lot of the old-school music uh, rap artists and Dr. Dre. Uh, so I think there's also something to be said about not to disrespect any artist's current artists in the music scene but I think you know we we were fortunate Brian it's even the older school stuff I'm massively into funk and, and disco of you know like the Isley Brothers and Stevie Wonder and Prince and you know so I think the older school stuff still has that quality of um, and then the rave scene and how much it developed you know the music scene as a whole um you hear a lot of samples that are still cut from some of the older music. So I think uh, technology has had a massive growth spurt to make everybody uh, a music artist, you know, and it's so simple and easy to do. But um, yeah, it's, 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 there is that adaptation and involve evolution rather uh, in the industry. And um, I think the biggest change has obviously been to, uh, social media and whereas even 10 years ago you'd be using an email list and the, yeah don't get me wrong those still this is still very important but 
it's time and 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 speed to to quit a, to put a quick sponsored Facebook post out there to generate you know a hundred likes that then become a hundred customers to a night that you're running. You know, it's just so quick and easy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to stay on the music theme a minute, and I tend to watch YouTube in bed. Mm. It helps for some reason. It helps me sleep. Good. But I, I'm just because music, as I said, is a huge part of my life. It surrounds it, and I'm, I'm just stumbling across stuff all the time on YouTube. And there's a channel called Reaction. Okay. And it's just people in a room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listening to, and last night there was Dark Side of the Moon. The first time someone's listened to Dark Side of the Moon. Right. And, and they're in their 20s, they're, you know, they're, they're yeah, these yeah. people. And I'm watching, and it is their pure reaction to hearing this for the first time. It's really funny to watch because you know that music inside out yeah, yeah, yeah. from when it was first, well, I do, when it was first released. And But seeing their reaction, they're going, my God, I'm blown away with this 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 stuff. And I, I, I'm more like reacting to when a, a parent puts a cassette player in front of their nine-year-old son, <laughs> and, and here's a cassette, put it in, and then try and play it back, and and, and seeing how they're stumbled and, and just don't know how to work it out it makes me laugh. Oh God, technology's yeah. changed as well. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, there's a great story with me and me and my son, and we were same genre of music we liked but different versions of it so i was led zeppelin black sabbath yeah yeah acdc so i'd always have my music on in the car and uh, talking of cassettes now and we're driving down the m4 we're driving down the m4 and um we come to the seven bridge and as those days there was always a queue to get on the bridge and he took it upon himself. He goes, oh, now it's my turn. And it was so theatrical. He pressed the eject button and my cassette came flying <laughs> out. And he put his in. And it was the time of, uh, the early time of Anthrax and Megadeth and Metallica. Yeah. Those early, early days of those versions of those bands. He said, now I've got you. And there was nowhere to turn. I had to yeah. listen to this music. I love it. You know, yeah, yeah. I really love it. And, uh, but that, yeah, that was uh, him having his own back on me. <laughs> Good. Yeah. This is great. I'm enjoying this conversation, Carl. I hope you are as well. Yeah, um, yeah you're listening to Brian Fakir, Freshly Squeezed Ideas. We're talking to Carl Pittman uh, about his life and getting to know him, really, having a coffee with. He's in the studio today, and it's really good. Uh, we're enjoying it. Um, what about the future, Carl? What, where, where, where's your future, apart from having to take on your responsibilities as a Maori chief at some point? Uh the goal for me is just to work on um, as many experiences, positive experiences with my family as I can. Um, I think for a long time, I've put my career at the forefront of my mind of what, you know, what I wanted to achieve and becoming a success. And um, it's almost come full circle now that, you know, as many opportunities to create more time with the family is what's important. Yeah, career and success is is there. Um, but for me, uh, you know, my, my children, are, are, you know, at some point soon are going to be leaving home. I don't want them to leave home, but it's more for me about just having quality experiences with them in time. Cool. So that's it. Uh, we're just about to wrap up. 
this wonderful podcast. I'd like it to go on longer. I think we're going to have a part two. I think so. Uh, think a, a revisit of this, isn't it? Um, yeah. Do you have a favourite quote? Yes. Um, the past does not equal the future, which I think is by Tony Robbins. Um, yeah, it's, you know, I'm very much of the case of, you know, it might not have worked previously, but, and, and, and then it just drives me to try it again, but slightly tweak it and, and see if we'll come up with a different result. So, yeah, through my years, it's, I've had that, you know, we've done it before, it doesn't work, but, you know, uh, that's so prevalent in, in just yeah. helping me to drive change and see if we can try it, try again. No, I get that entirely. That's a really good quote. I like that. How would the listeners contact you if they wanted to follow you or uh, get in touch with you? I think just... Uh, message me on Facebook, Carl Pittman, K-H-A-R-L, and then Pittman, P-I-T-M-A-N. Just message me on Facebook, come on there. Uh, probably use that medium more than anything else. Uh, yeah, so Facebook is the key. Brilliant. Brilliant. Thank you, listeners. That was Carl Pittman. Thank you, Brian. Thank really you, Carl. That. Really enjoyed it. It's a great conversation we've had. And looking forward to much more. I think we are, we are going to do this again. Absolutely. Another chapter. So you've been listening to Freshly Squeezed Media, Brian Fakir, hosting this show, podcast number one of Having a Coffee With. And today's guest was Carl Pittman. Thank you for listening. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast from Freshly Squeezed Media and your host Brian Faker. If you want to find more about us, you can check us out on Facebook, Freshly Squeezed Ideas. Check us out on Instagram, The Ideas Guy. And on email, if you'd like to contact us, it's freshly, a freshly squeezed idea at gmail.com. That's a freshly squeezed idea at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and see you on the next episode.